you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky here as we look forward to a big weekend of NFL and college football. Buck, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. Just hanging in, getting ready for these weekend games. Thursday night football is up upon us. Excited to see the Bengals and the Ravens slug it out. Should be a great game. But then I'm really excited to see which of these teams are going to kind of emerge as front runners after week two. Yeah, we've got a lot lot to get to here on the pod. We've got a guest coming up, Jordan Palmer, a good buddy, who has spent time in the spring training Sam Darnold, training Josh Allen. So we'll get his thoughts on those two young quarterbacks. Obviously, Sam coming off his first start. Josh Allen getting ready to have his first start against the Chargers. Going to break down every game, what we're looking for, as we did last week. We'll go through that. And then uh, our college picks. Buck, we're all in it. I think Sully's got a little lead right now, but we're all packed in there tight. We've all got a shot at this thing. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm kind of in the mix a little bit. I'm four games behind. Sully's off to a great start. We'll see if he can finish, see if he has the stamina. But I'm hanging right there with you and Ken at 16-7. and seven. I'm 15-8. and eight. Sully at 19-4. and four. We just know that's fool's goal. We know he can't stay out there. He can't stay out there. <laughs> it's only so long. Ouch. Ouch. Oh, wow. Come on. He was 10-1 and one last week. He can't sustain that. I made the title. He, he, gonna, he can't sustain that pace. We know he's going to finish in second place, though. That's his that's Yeah, his that's, that's kind of a given. Yeah. But, it's just a matter who's going to win. Right. Um, hey, let's start things off here, Buck, uh, with Josh Allen. Getting his first start before we get to Jordan Palmer here in a minute. Um, I had a chance to go back through and watch it once he got into the game, study that tape. They have the Chargers this week, so I'll be there. Uh, calling that one for the Chargers. So fun to dig in and see how Josh looks, how they're using him. And, uh, Buck, they, they spread things out, as we've said with a lot of these rookie quarterbacks. Saw some empty, trying to find some reads for him. There was one play where Josh kind of ran himself into a sack. He just was a little bit skittish there in the pocket. But out, outside of that, you saw some of the things that we saw during the run-up to the draft, the positive traits. Suggs, hits, Suggs has a, a free run on him, can't get him on the ground. He's just too big and strong, pulls out of a sack, is able to escape and, and at least get the ball out. You saw some design quarterback runs. They had a nice little design where they had a three-by-one, so three to the right, one to the left. They motion out the back, out to the three-side, fake a bubble screen, and they almost just kind of that allows the left tackle to seal Suggs. He comes out the left side for a nice uh, chunk play run. He has a uh, – they're in five wide. Everything spreads out. He takes off up the middle when there's some, some yardage there. So very involved running the football. And I think we'll see more of that. I wouldn't be surprised in this game against a charge. We see 13, you know, plus carries here for Josh Allen, which got me thinking to something you said in the run-up to the draft last year, considering who's in charge in uh, in Buffalo. Guys, you're familiar with both of them. And, and the quarterback they were around, I thought, okay, maybe Bucky's on to something here with how they're trying to build this thing. Yeah, when you look at the personnel executives, Brandon Bean, Joe Shane, um, even Sean McDermott, all those guys have been around Cam Newton for a while. Like they all had seen what Cam Newton was able to bring to the table. And so naturally, when you look at Josh Allen's game, he's big, he's athletic, he's a guy who has tremendous arm talent, he can run around. I'm not saying that he's Cam Newton, but he does have some Cam Newton-like qualities. And so when you think about Cam Newton kind of lifting that team and taking them to the Super Bowl, I thought you could make a reasonable 
kind of assertion that maybe they see a little Cam new to him. Maybe they can build that offense in a similar way that Carolina was built around Cam, and they could run it, throw deep, and have their quarterback make a handful of plays a game and win, particularly when you have a good defense. When you look at how he's been able to play, that's kind of what Josh Allen needs to do. They need to give the ball to Shady McCoy. I think you'll see some of that zone read, run option stuff with the quarterback, and then they're going to try and gear it up so they can take a handful of shots. The only thing to me that is missing, I don't know who the vertical stretch playmaker is. Kelvin Benjamin is the big guy, so maybe he can do some of the dirty work uh, short and in immediate areas, but who's going to take the top off the defense? Is that Zay Jones? Is that someone else? That is the thing that they need because Josh Allen's game, the strength of his game is pushing the ball down the field. We even saw it in the next-gen stats. He had the highest air yards per attempt. Um, You want to make sure he's able to push it down the field. We'll see how they evolve that offense to allow him to do what he does really well. Yeah, we'll get to that game a little bit later on and and preview it here shortly. But, uh, man, they better get the run game cranked up a little bit, take some of that pressure off him. They did not Got to get it going against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, all right, uh, one other quarterback here we're going to talk to Jordan about, and that's uh, Sam Darnold. Just real quick, your thoughts. I mean, not a surprise. I think a lot was made out of the comments here from Todd Bowles saying it's too early to call Sam Darnold a franchise quarterback. And it's, it's pretty obvious, right? We're talking one week into his career. Um, be excited, but let's, uh, hey, let's let this thing play out a little bit. We don't need to name him the savior just yet. We both love Sam. Uh, we're going to talk to somebody in Jordan who has a very high opinion of him as well. But, yeah, of course, Coach Bowles is right. Let's just slow Let's slow things down. Let's go week by week here. Yeah, I think you do want to slow it down. You want to kind of temper some of the expectations because with the Jets, Sam did play well, and he was pretty impressive as a rookie. But really the reason they won is because their defense played lights out. And we can take another episode to talk about how they built this defense the right way. But for Sam, I think we all have – because we're here, we've seen him a lot in Southern California. We saw him kind of rise to prominence at SC. And the way that he plays just seemed like he was the right fit for the Jets. Calm, great poise, his composure, his ability to make plays on schedule and off schedule. Those are the kind of things you need, particularly when you don't have A-level receivers on the outside. They've been able to run the ball fairly well. If they can run the ball and still allow him to kind of play Within the confines of the offense, I think Sam Darnold will be successful because the defense is going to carry this team this year uh, because I think their defense is obviously the strength of their team. No question. Uh, look, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch how he continues to grow, how he continues to develop. If you're a fan of either one of these teams, by the way, you're a Bills fan or a Jets fan or you're a fan of good young quarterbacks and you haven't checked out our 360 episodes in the run-up to the draft last year, highly encourage you to do it. Um, we have one on Sam Darnold. We, talk, we go back talk to high school coaches. We have all different, a bunch of different people we talk to that know him well, including Sam Donald himself. So you can learn everything you need to know about Sam Donald. Then with Josh Allen, we do the same thing. We go back in his history, talk to his college coach, a bunch of folks, uh, to get uh, a little bit of a feel for him. We talk to Josh Allen as well. So go check out those 360 episodes, and you can find them. The NFL podcast handle, I believe, is tweeting those out. What's that handle again, Sully? NFL underscore podcasts. There you go, NFL underscore podcast. If you're not following that account, do yourself a favor and follow that as well. Not just for uh, for our Move the Stick stuff, but for everybody else we have here at NFL Media. Uh, that'll, uh, that'll let you know what's coming up and uh, all the content we have at all of our NFL Media podcasts. But there will be links on that account that will take you to those 360s. If you haven't had a chance to check those out, be sure to do it. All right, let's, uh, let's uh, not wait any further here. Let's bring in our, our good buddy here in Jordan Palmer. All right, Buck, here he is, our good friend uh, Jordan Palmer joining the show here. Jordan, how you doing, man? I'm um, doing great. Uh, 
you know, I spend my whole off season working with guys, and then I don't do anything during the season but watch and evaluate and help out. So this is uh, the best time of year. Oh, I love it. Well, I want to go back to a previous time of year before the draft last year. As everyone knows, you, you spent a bunch of time working with and training a couple of these quarterbacks, and specifically Sam Darnold and Josh Allen in the run-up to the draft. And during that time, we had a chance to visit with you and, and talk to you about uh, the benefits of, of playing right away versus uh, sitting right away, and here's what you had to say. My answer to this question is for every single rookie quarterback for the rest of their lives. I, I always think it's beneficial to sit. Um, there's not enough programs in college football who run the same stuff. Now, the cool thing about the, the uh, you know, Sam and Josh is I think these guys are talented enough and they're poised enough to where if they have to play early, they'll probably play well. Um, but I always think it's beneficial. You know, you get to sit and let, you can learn from other people's mistakes. And so depending on what Cleveland does, these other teams, wherever it's Sam and Josh end up, um, you know, if they're in a position where they can sit and watch and learn on someone else's behalf, um, but it's always beneficial, I think, to sit. Yeah, we talk about the benefits there, Jordan, of being able to sit. But now, hey, we got both these guys. They're, they're thrown in the deep end right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting time. And, and, you know, just I think the, the – call it the CBA or, or just the state of professional football. As a whole, guys are just playing earlier. Um, you know, my brother was the number one pick, and he didn't, he didn't play a snap. He was the three. <laughs> and uh, and now these guys, so many of these guys play early. Um, but I do think there are a couple ingredients that you have to have to play well early. You know, no matter how talented you are or what system you're in in college, there's so many nuances of NFL quarterbacks that, you, that just come with time. And so for these guys, you have to be able to buy time. You have to be able to take a broken play, whether the quarterback missed the read or the play is just broken. Uh, and you have to be able to improvise – uh, and then the biggest thing, and we saw this on Monday night with Sam, is you have to be able to move past mistakes really quickly because uh, they're inevitable. And so uh, Sam and Josh, you know, physically, uh, actually, you know, I think a lot of these these guys were uh, a lot of these these quarterbacks have been gone high in the last few years. They can move around, they can buy time, and uh, and so they can save themselves and make up for the lack of understanding that they have that comes from experience. You know, in, in thinking about that. JP, not with Sam, but with Josh said to make his first start, what would be the kind of like the negative advice that you would give him now that he knows that he's going to be the starter? The negative advice? The nugget. What would you give him? What would you say to him? If you could talk to oh, him right nugget. before he ran out, what would you tell him? Yeah, I, I think it's it's all about finding completions and risk mitigation. You know, there's going to be – when guys – we watch like Aaron Rodgers, right? He, he, it's not that he makes amazing – it's not just that he makes amazing throws. It's that he also attempts throws that others wouldn't attempt. And that comes from experience, from having years of knowing which windows he can fit it in and which ones he can't. And so I just think the key to, to playing well as a rookie is about taking what's there, taking what's available, and when you do make mistakes, move past it really quickly, um, as opposed to trying to make the wow plays and fit them in there. And, you know, I thought Sam – forced one ball on Monday. <laughs> it was the one that went the other way. I didn't really think he forced anything after that. Uh, and that was the thing that I was most impressed with. And so with Josh, that you know, the nugget is, and we've been talking all week, is, is um, you know, when you're going through the, the plays that you guys have in this week, where, where, where are your completions? Um, don't score. You, know, you want to win the game, number one, and then coming out of it personally, you, you want to have found all the completions that were available 
Um, and then over time, when you gain experience, and you then you start to understand, okay, I can probably fit this one in there, or you know, this guy's a good back shoulder guy, or this guy's not a back shoulder guy. Um, and so you, you, that just comes. Experience is a metric of time, and so um, you know, until they get all those reps and all that time, right now, it's about finding completions and uh, mitigating risk, and then moving past mistakes. I love that. I, I go back to even one of the quarterback coaches I had in college. The three phrases he used to always use were: be a completion collector. Uh, they take it all away, throw to A, which was get the ball to your back. We're, you know, you're always going to have that available to you. And you never go broke taking a profit. Uh, that's exactly what we saw from Sam. But to me, Jordan, watching Sam in that game, going back to that one on Monday night, my biggest takeaway just from watching him, and this was something we saw at USC, but even to see it on the NFL level was still was still big for me, just how twitched up Sam is. You know, everything was just so twitched up. He was quick mentally. He was quick physically. I just, to me, I just, when I'm watching him, that word just kept coming up in my mind over and over and over again, just how twitchy Sam is. Yeah, he is, and that's, that's a natural thing. And, and uh, you know, I think growing up playing multiple sports, playing basketball, um, what's funny is uh, in college, you know, I think we all agreed with this, that he was, he was pretty dynamic in the pocket in terms of his movement, and not just moving quickly, but moving and stopping quickly. Um, and so then all the feedback he got from the Jets coaches and from Josh McCown this offseason from the stuff that he did in Jersey um, was keep that sense of urgency, but move less. When you move to your right, move half the distance that you're used to moving. Um, and so, you know, it's, uh, his foundation is move quick, and the part that he's adding in his professional career is move um, the appropriate distance. And, and it's because the windows are smaller, it's because everything happens faster, for him to pick that up that quickly um, is really, really impressive. Um, and then, uh, DJ, you were mentioning that some of your coach said, I, I got a great, great line that I, I instill in a lot of guys um, when it comes to completions. And there's a million ways to say this, you know, never go broke making a profit, take the crumbs, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> I, had a, I had a great coach, and it's so funny, man. This guy, you know, he got ran out of everywhere, and he's like one of the most brilliant coaches I ever played for, and Mark Tressman. Uh, he was the head coach of the Bears when I was there. And uh, he made a great point that was really profound to me. He said, every single completion has a negative effect on the defense. Yes. Okay, so think about that. If I, I check that. it down to my it down. back, if it's second and ten and I check it down to my back, sure, I could get a first down. And, yes, it's a high completion percentage throw. But all 11 guys on defense have to stop what they're doing, shed a blocker, and pursue the football. And when you've thrown in completion – if you try and force the ball behind the running back to somebody else and it's incomplete, everybody on defense gets to stop. And you know, Buck, that on mm-hmm. in the, that following week in film study, the first thing they're doing on Monday is roasting everybody on defense who didn't pursue the football. So these guys are motivated to stop what they're doing and pursue the football every time there's a completion. And so his belief was that every completion has enough of a negative effect on the defense that every completion is a worthy completion. I love that. I'm, I'm going to just stay on that real quick before we move on and talk some more about Josh here. But I want to see if you have any – I just wrote that one down because I, I, I love these, these phrases. My other favorite I, I didn't phrase – make it up, so take it. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. But the other one uh, that I remember, I always, uh, I always remember this one stuck out to me, was the safeties are the window into the soul of the defense. That was one I always remember when you get up to the line of scrimmage looking through the safeties to tell you, tell you the whole picture there. Give me one more. Just give me one more phrase. I'm just kind of geeking out right now, Jordan. Give me one more. Oh, man. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I talk about on the – so what I try to do is pour into three buckets with these guys, high school, college, or pro, whatever their age is, and that's the mental, mm-hmm. physical, and then the emotional. And the emotional side is, is what we saw in the first two minutes of the game with Sam. 
him his ability to overcome those things. Um, and, you know, on the emotional side of things, and I, I work with a lot of amazing sports psychologists, Trevor Moat, I've spent a lot of time with Dr. Mike Gervais, um, Buck, I know you know him. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that, that uh, I've learned is that when playing quarterback, there's, an, there's two inevitabilities that will strike you. No matter what, they're going to strike you. And that's success and adversity. And there's different levels, right? So success could be two really good throws in practice or Super Bowl. And adversity could be two really bad throws in practice or tearing your ACL in practice in the middle mm-hmm. of the season when you're on a rookie of the year MVP campaign. So there's levels to it. And so your ability to handle both of those things is imperative. And there's a lot of guys who are really good at handling one of them and not the other. And there's a lot of quarterbacks playing right now where, for example, Baker Mayfield, he has been a walk-on at two schools and everybody, and on all the negative stuff he heard growing up that none of us even know about. And then he was a Heisman finalist three times, one at once, and was the number one pick in the draft. So I know how Baker Mayfield can handle adversity. I'm interested to see how he handles success. Mm. Coming off of a year of a Heisman number one pick, I don't know. Um, there's a quarterback playing right now at USC, you know, top recruit in the country, JT Daniels. He's, you know, he's a Gatorade player of the year, all that. He didn't really lose much in high school, and he was the man in middle school. So he, I know how he handles success. He just has, follows it up with a great year. I'm interested to see when adversity strikes, and he did not have a great game in his second game the other day. I'm interested to see how he handles adversity. And so I try and push quarterbacks to look at success and adversity as a rep at getting better at handling success and adversity. So it's not, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening to me. We can't block. My guys can't coach. My coach can't call plays. Like, it's not that. It's how am I going to handle this rep at adversity? And uh, these rookie quarterbacks are going to get a lot of adversity reps, and they're going to get some success reps. And I'm excited to watch them handle it. I love it. I mean, I think that's that's phenomenal. Uh, one thing I want to talk about a guy that you um, tutored a couple of years ago, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson came back, had an uneven performance against the New England Patriots. Knowing everything that you know about Deshaun, how do you think he'll bounce back from week one to week two? I think the the, the best parts of Deshaun, and, and we, I think anybody who's spent time around Deshaun, working out, they've seen him throw, they've seen him in person a lot, he is not who he is because of his physical traits. I, I came out of the draft. His physical comp is Alex Smith, who's a great quarterback, and he's awesome. But he is not Cam Newton. He's not 6'5", 255, and runs a 4'4". The best parts of Deshaun is between his ears and in his chest. And I think the foundation of that is the way that he grew up. You know, he grew up in poverty, in a, in a loving home where he was the man of the house, and he dealt with real adversity. That's why when he tears his ACL or he loses to Bama in that first national championship, that's not adversity. He's got a different definition of adversity than I do. And so I look at the adversity he just faced versus the Patriots. He did not have his best performance. He missed some throws. He missed some checks. He had some inaccuracy issues. He did not play up to his standard. I also do not think that is a big deal because of what's in his, in his chest and between his ears. He's a guy who can take that dose of adversity, and he's just going to pour it into next week. And he may go off this week, or he may need two or three games to get back to where he was last year. But in the big picture, I have zero concerns with Deshaun Watson having a bad game or a bad month because his foundation is that he handles success and adversity better than anybody I've been around. I love that. I'm excited to see how he does 
how he does bounce back from that. One more thing for me on Deshaun. When you watch that tape, uh, Jordan, they they only brought five, I think four times the Patriots did. Just just sat back, played coverage, rushed for the entire time. What's what's something? What's a piece of advice when you're talking to Deshaun? What's one piece of advice just when you're going to be seeing what he's looking at right now? Yeah, I think um, when you get that, and, and I've got a you know I talk during the week with a lot of college guys, and um, mm-hmm. and that's been a trend with a lot of uh, my guys like Jarrett Stidham and guys like Drew Locke. They're seeing a lot of this. Uh, they're seeing zone coverage. They're also seeing a lot of like drop eight right now. Yeah. Um, you know, you have three men rush and drop eight, and you make the guys. You know, you make the, the timing. That's what the Patriots did. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and you know, you guys know better than, better than anybody that you know th- these defensive philosophies comes and come in ebbs and flows, particularly in the, in the beginning of the season when people get to try out their new wrinkles. Um, I think when you have in that situation where you're either dropping eight or you're sitting back playing zone coverage, you have to attack. It's just like playing basketball. Right. If, if if everyone on the court's tired, we're playing five on five full court, um, and I and I get the ball out of bounds and I'm dribbling down the court. I want to go ahead and put some pressure on defense. I want to make them all sprint back and get back on defense. I don't want to walk down the court and dribble. That's how I feel about zone coverage and drop eight. So when you have to go through your progressions quickly, one, two, three, four, whatever the concept is, and then you need to attack the line of scrimmage. So many quarterbacks bail and retreat out the back. You know, they move to the right and they move to the left. And all that does is allow the seven or eight defenders to slide and find a receiver and attach to them, as opposed to attacking the line of scrimmage and making people come up. And so I think that's a big uh, – I just know that defenses hate that, particularly at the linebacker level. And so when you get in those situations where everyone's dropping back, go through, take advantage of less pass rushers, go through your progression, and then attack the line of scrimmage. And now you're a dual threat you can run or throw. And those four, five, six-yard gains as a runner, uh, they put the pressure on that defense. They can't continue to do that. That's great. I, I love it. I, I could keep you on here forever, JP, and go through. I want to. Uh, I want to set you up though for a return engagement here. Let's let's let a couple weeks uh, go by here, and I want to bring you back on it and talk about what you're seeing from some of these college kids that you've spent time with and are working with. Because you mentioned a couple of them. Drew Locke has been on fire. Stidham's playing at a high level. So I want to get you back on a little bit later on, and we can go through some of these college kids early on. You guys are the best. So anytime. Hey, another quarterback. He's going to be out for a little bit when he comes back. A really, really, really interesting guy. Spent some time with this offseason. Is the Duke quarterback, Daniel Jones. He's a good oh, one. he's nice. Yeah, he's a nice quarterback. Yep. He's nice. It was fun watching them uh, against Northwestern. A lot was made of that game with those two quarterbacks going up, and he – he, uh, he was big time. The other one uh, I was going to ask you about is uh, our buddy from meeting him down there at the Elite 11. Um, I, I find myself – I'm like a, I'm like a closet UCF guy. We, here I grew up in San Diego. I live in Riverside. <laughs> I, I can't, I, I, what's one of the first box scores I checked to see what our guy's doing down there at UCF? I love that dude. Me too. I know. And I, I didn't I, – he showed up at Elite. I didn't know who he was. He's a little guy. He's got this Hawaiian swag. And he's the man. Good player. Oh, man. Man. I became he's a really good player. Man. Really he's a good, good player. player. He's going to uh, play McKin- a long time, regardless McKinsey of his style, whatever his deficits are. Oh, I love that. Like to me, if you told me I could go, I'm not. I don't. I'm not one of those that believes in adults wearing jerseys. I mean, Bucky talk about this all the time. <laughs> but if if I was going to buy a college jersey, that's the one I'm buying. I love that kid. We'll say this: if you were going to buy a college jersey and put it on the teddy bear that you snuggle with, that's probably more perfect. <laughs> yes, yes. Who told you? Who told you about my teddy bear, JP? I didn't know that. Uh, hey man, th- hey real quick. By the way, do you may we have your brother's uh, your brother's football life, Carson Palmer football life, eight p.m. Eastern on Friday on NFL Network. Do we get a do we get a Jordan Palmer appearance in this thing? I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I did. Uh, 
Uh, I did get on there. One of the easiest things I've ever had to do in my entire life is talk about my brother because he just is he's a great player and all that. And, you know, he's just like quietly like tenth, eleventh, or twelfth on all the lists. All the <laughs> How about that? How you about know, that? no one knows that. Um, but uh, but I mean, just the most unbelievable big brother and mentor. And he's got four kids. I got you know one, and I'm literally expecting to be my second kid any day. Like I'm on my phone. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. And so, just the role he's played in my life is just so much bigger than whatever I learned on the football field from him. Oh, that's that's phenomenal. Well, be sure everybody check that thing out. And then uh, next year, we haven't told him yet, but on the on the Move the Sticks podcast, we're going to be doing the Jordan Palmer of football life. But we haven't got it. <laughs> Jordan Palmer three sixty. It's kind awesome. Of, it's, well, thanks, it's guys. Th- thanks, buddy. Take care, man. All right. See you. Well, there you go, Buck. Always great insight there from Jordan uh, about these young quarterbacks, and it's somebody that you want to have a good relationship with Jordan Palmer because he's kind of become that guy, training all these quarterbacks as they get ready to go through the draft and then keeping in touch with these guys and being involved with them throughout their careers. So this next crop of quarterbacks, I'm sure, we'll see going out there to work out with Jordan in the run-up for the draft, and we'll catch up with him about this next group but uh, so far so good for Sam Darnold I'm excited to see what Josh Allen does yeah I'm really excited um, to kind of continue to see the development of these young quarterbacks Uh, Josh Allen will have his opportunity to play and have a game plan built around his skills so we should see him play even better and with Sam Darnold how does he handle the second week as a starter what will Miami do now that they have really solid tape on him how will he continue to adjust Uh, I just think his um, interesting to see these two young players jump right in the saddle and kind of get a start on what should be long extended tenures as franchise quarterbacks in their respective cities. Also getting his thoughts on uh, Deshaun Watson, very interesting stuff there uh, as well. All right, Buck, let's look ahead week two here. Let's talk some uh, some rookies here. Rookies we're looking forward to watching. We'll break it down offense and defense. And I feel like we always go offense first. Let's switch it up. Want to go defense first? Yeah, let's go defense first. Let's do it. All right, defense first. Some rookies I'm looking forward to watch this week. Give me the two corners for the Green Bay Packers, Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson. Big challenge for them in the division this week. What do those guys look like? I love the way they play the football. So can they get their hands on the football? Last week, Kirk Cousins played a very clean game. Uh, Can the Packers try and get after him a little bit up front? And if they do, can they finish? Can they make plays on the ball and finish? Looking forward to watching those two corners. And then in that game, another corner there for the Minnesota Vikings. Mike Hughes coming off a week where he had a pick six. Excited to see what he does against this Packers offense, Buck. Those are a couple. I got a couple more, but your thoughts on the three corners. You know, I love the corners. Having watched those guys up close and personal, Yari Alexander and Josh Jackson in their debut, uh, I thought it was solid. I thought it was solid what they were asked to do, how they played, how they performed in that defense. And then Mike Hughes having a pick six right away, picked off Jimmy G when the receiver kind of fell down. But I think he was all over the plate anyway. Mike Hughes jumping in, being a key contributor as a nickel. We thought this corner class was solid. I think to date these guys have played very, very well. I'm looking forward to seeing them play against two really, really good quarterbacks. We'll get a better sense of what they are at this stage of their career. All right, those two corner, uh, those three corners, excited about them. But the the best corner, I thought, from week one was Denzel Ward. So we get another chance to see Denzel Ward. He's going to have a tough time topping what he did last week with the two interceptions. But you know, hey, he's somebody that pick was questioned by a lot of folks. You know, hey, what? Why? Why not just go with the pass rusher there with Bradley Chubb? But so far, so good there 
with him. But, man, the challenge is going to continue this week because they go play the Saints and all the focus on that Saints defense, how porous they were last week. There was nothing wrong with that offense and moving the ball up and down the field. Michael Thomas, I think, just caught another pass. <laughs> uh, he had a million catches that week. So another big challenge here for Denzel Ward. Looking forward to watching that. And then in that game on the other side, Marcus Davenport, who was active last week. But they need to get some more pressure, heat up Tyrod Taylor. Not only heat him up, but be able to keep him in the pocket. So there's going to be a big task there for Marcus Davenport. Yeah, big task for Marcus Davenport trying to heat up uh, the quarterback and trying to make some plays, trying to get them off schedule. Uh, I think the big thing for Denzel Ward is to look and see, is he following around with Mike Thomas? Mike Thomas spent a lot of time in the slot. He might be the best slot receiver in football right now, the way that he is doing damage as a big playmaker on the inside. Sean. Payton has done a good job of kind of dusting off the old playbook that he had for Marcus Colston to get Mike Thomas off. And so it would be interesting to watch that matchup kind of play out. All right, give me some guys on offense here, rookies to watch. <clears throat> well, we have to go to the Sunday night football game, the New York Giants versus Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going to look at Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, and we said this when he was coming out, he's a bit of a feast or famine type running back. He's either going to have some big plays or he's going to have some negative plays, but you got to give him enough to kind of see it play out. Had over 100 yards, and you saw the long run. But a lot of – most of the game is kind of one, two, negative, didn't really pop. So let's see if the Giants can give him enough opportunities to make a play uh, against the Dallas defense that I think is pretty solid. Look, they held the Panthers to 16 points. That's more than enough to win games most times in the NFL. What else we got here, Buck? Well, I think on Dallas you want to look at Connor Williams. Connor Williams is starting at guard, had a tough time dealing with the interior uh, – defensive tackles and rushers for the Carolina Panthers. You got Bull rushed a lot. Can he be a little more solid in his second game? You got Snacks Harrison that you have to deal with in the running yeah, that's game. That's not an easy chore. Not an easy chore. But if the Dallas Cowboys are going to win games, they have to be able to run. And everyone in the stadium knows they're running. The offensive line made it easy for Ezekiel two seasons ago. They have to get back on track despite having a couple of guys on the sideline. Give him some more carries. All right, is that is that good? Is that our offense? No, that's it. Look, you got we, more? No, one more, one more. We got a two for right, one down in Denver. Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, um, these guys combined for thirty carries. And the Broncos on offense look like a solid unit. We talked about them needing to have the running game going so they could kind of protect the quarterback in Case Keenum. They were able to get that done against the Oakland Raiders. It is very important that they're able to establish it. I don't know which guy is going to be the lead runner, but because they're able to share the load. Both rookies are in the spotlight in this game. All right, there you go. There's some defensive rookies and some offensive rookies. We'll be keeping our eyes on. You want to go uh, – this, this was popular last week. We did this because we don't want to feel like we're leaving any games out. So we're going to go through every single game. I've got the road teams. Bucky's got the home teams. We're going to give you what we're looking for. What's the storyline here? What's the prominent storyline that's going to decide these football games? We're going to rip through them. You ready to go, Buck? Let's do it. Sunday, September 16th. 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Panthers at Falcons on Fox. All right, Buck, I'll take the Panthers here. And this this front seven was pretty dominant last week against the Dallas Cowboys. Can they keep that up? Can you make this Falcons offense one-dimensional and make them in a situation where we got to see what Matt Ryan can do? If they can put this game on Matt Ryan, as crazy as that sounds of a former MVP, I think that's the game plan here. Stop that run like they did last week. Make this Falcons team put the ball up a bunch, and I think the Panthers feel like they can get a couple. They may feel like they can get a couple, but I believe Matt Ryan has one thing in his pocket. He has a he has a nice club in his pocket in Julio Jones. I want to see if that connection can overwhelm the Panthers, and can they be effective down in the red zone? 
Matt Ryan struggled in the red area. He struggled in the red area the last year or so. Let's see if he can get back on track. I believe this is a game where Sarkeesian has to find a way to go to Matt Ryan, figure out what concepts work for him. He has to get the former MVP playing. All the pressures on Matt Ryan in this one. 1 p.m. Eastern time. Colts at Redskins on CBS. All right, with the Colts, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be this way every week, Buck, but I still want to see more of Andrew Luck. Andrew was uh, was elated after the game. They didn't win that football game, but you could see almost a relief for him being able to get through a football game, take some big hits, took one huge hit in that game, and uh, and he was okay. Got back up, and he was fine. So played well last week. I want to see if Andrew Luck takes his game up to another level now in week two. Got some of those jitters out of the way. He's a little more confident that he can take a beating now coming off that injury. I think we see a huge game from Andrew Luck in this one. Yeah, we may see a huge game. We'll see. There's a lot of dink and dunk passes. We'll see if they can push the ball down the field and make some explosive plays. I don't know if the Colts receivers can get open against the skins. We'll see. What I like about the skins Adrian Peterson. I thought it was a perfect fit when he signed with them. He is a downhill runner. And even though he's an aging player, this offensive line is good. They're running concepts that fit his wheelhouse. Let's see if Adrian Peterson can follow up a nice debut with a spectacular performance in his second game with the Redskins. Texans at Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Yeah, for the Texans, you know, look, it's the quarterback. It's Deshaun Watson. Went back and studied that game against the Patriots last week. And, and Buck, the Patriots only brought five rushers, I believe, on four occasions. It wasn't more than five. They rushed four the whole game. They had a middle linebacker spying Deshaun Watson to keep him under control as a runner. And they played coverage. And they struggled as an offense to get things going. So the answer to me for the Texans is establish a run. If teams only going to put – if they want to have a light box and they're going to try and play coverage against you, you've got to be able to establish a run and be good in that department so you can pull some people down and create some space in the passing game down the field. So the run game for the Texans against the Titans will be huge. Run game has to be uh, established. Deshaun Watson didn't play well. Uh, more teams are going to copy the blueprint that the Patriots put out there, draw back in coverage, make them fit it into tight windows. We'll see. It helps if you're able to run the ball because then you get your shots off play action. It is on him to get back. But the quarterback on the other side is under just as much scrutiny. Marcus Mariota hasn't played well, didn't play well last year, didn't play well in week one. Um, that game is a little weird, but he just doesn't look comfortable. The Titans have to figure out what Marcus Mariota is. Is he a dual-threat playmaker? Should they play him as a dual-threat playmaker? Is he good enough to function in the pocket? I don't believe so yet. So I'm looking to see if Matt LaFleur kind of makes some tweaks to help his quarterback get into a groove. Eagles at Buccaneers, 1 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Well, the Eagles, everybody will look at and Nick Foles getting the start again on the offensive side of the ball. They were a little bit rusty last week against the uh, the Falcons in their kickoff game. But to me, this game comes down to two guys for the Philadelphia Eagles. That is Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby because you're going to go up against Fitzmagic in this passing attack <laughs> that torched the Saints last week. Ken Crawley got picked on. Even Marshawn Lattimore had a rough go of it against Mike Evans. So, They've got a little bit of their mojo going in that passing attack. The Eagles are going to leave those guys out there in coverage. So Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby, the pressure is on you. Yeah, the pressure is definitely on them because the guy I'm taking is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic was in the building down in the Dome. He may continue to be hot. We've seen it happen with him before. Like, he can be good in stretches. You kind of want to keep a pitch count on him because you know at some point the clock is going to strike midnight on Cinderella. But if I'm Dirk Cutter, I'm riding his hot hand. I'm putting it up 35, 40 times and seeing if 
the Eagles can kind of hold up in the back end. I like the receivers with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Deshaun Jackson made a reappearance. Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin, the two tight ends, Cameron Brayton, O.J. Howard. A lot to deal with if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this magic will continue to be magical for the Bucs. Chiefs at Steelers, 1 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Well, all eyes in the stadium are going to be on Tyreek Hill. He was the most explosive player in the NFL in week one, put on a show. And by the way, uh, I know Chris Wessling had said something about this and made the similar stand, but, uh, man, the fact that Tyreek Hill was not the player of the week and, and Mahomes was was kind of criminal. Uh, if you watch that game, he was dominant uh, for the Chiefs. But to me, who I'm looking at in this game is that is that back end of the defense. Last week, the Phillip Rivers just tore this defense apart. It wasn't just doing damage with wide receivers. You had Melvin Gordon go over 100 yards. Austin Eckler had 87 yards receiving. So let's look at those two linebackers. Anthony Hitchens was outstanding in coverage, even with those running back numbers being what they were. Reggie Ragland, on the other hand, getting isolated in coverage is a little bit of a concern. So Get tight ends and backs for the Steelers. We know what they have on the outside, but they got to be licking their chops going up against these linebackers in coverage based off what they saw on tape last week. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough matchup. The Kansas City Chiefs offense is unbelievable. Uh, most explosive offense in football, uh, bar none. I, I, I just believe everything that they've done, the creativity that Andy Reid has sprinkled in, puts a tremendous amount of pressure, not on the defensive coordinator for the Steelers, but on the new offensive coordinator. Because this is a game that could break out into a shootout. And are the Steelers capable of winning those games? Big Ben didn't play well in week one. You had a nice game from James Conner. Can he do it again? The difference in having a lead bill, a guy that we know can do it week after week after week, is there's a bit of unknown when it comes to James Conner. James Conner needs to be a guy that can get them 100 yards because then it doesn't put all the pressure on Ben Roethlisberger to make every play. I don't believe at this stage of his career you want Ben having to make every play. James Conner needs to be big. We'll see if he can do it. Dolphins at Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. How about this uh, This game featuring two 1-0 teams? I got a lot of grief, Buck, when uh, I had the Dolphins going 10-6 and six this year, and a lot, of, a lot of people saying I was crazy. A lot of people thought we were crazy. crazy. I, yeah, I would exactly. have well, crazy of, about the Dolphins, too. A lot of people said we were crazy last week picking the Jets to go on the road and beat the Lions, too. Yeah, I haven't heard, I didn't, I didn't hear, I haven't hear, heard back didn't from any of those guys. Those guys had a lot of people back. in my mentions, but I, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard from them this week. Uh, so this will be a fun game to watch here. What I'm looking for for this Dolphins team uh, look, they, they've got to protect the football, and that's going to be on Ryan Tannehill. Let's go right to the quarterback, protect the football against this Jets defense. We saw it last week with Darren Lee at the linebacker position. They've got some ball hawks in the back end there. Saw Jamal Adams get loose a little bit. So ball protecting the ball, ball security in this game for the Dolphins is going to be huge, as it is in any game, but especially against this Jets team. They feed off momentum with this defense. One big play, it's like a spark, and next thing you know, you've got a full-blown fire. So Ryan Tannehill, be efficient, protect the football. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to protect the football because it's all about the New York Jets defense. And, look, I would love to give him a flashy name like the New York Sack Exchange like they used to have back in the day, but they don't really win on defense like that. They win because they're solid right down the middle. Leonard Williams, Deron Lee, Jamal Adams, those guys make plays. They got nice additions at corner and Trumaine Johnson and Mo Claiborne. They just play solid. Let's see if they can find a way to make life difficult for Ryan Tannehill. And let's see if that franchise quarterback in Miami is good enough to get a win. I like the Jets defense in this one. Chargers at Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Chargers coming off that tough loss at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. No Joey Bosa in this game as they go to take on a Bills team that got walloped last week 
by the Ravens. And that's where I'm looking. Joey Bosa not being there, Buck. Isaac Rochelle got the lion's share of reps there last week. Saw Chris Landrum get in on some sub situations. But Achenna Nwosu, former USC Trojan, only two snaps on defense. I'll be anxious to see if they get him a little more work, try and get another rusher to complement what you have there in Melvin Ingram. They need somebody on passing downs to generate some pressure off the edge. Is that Chris Landrum? I'd like to see Achenna Nwosu get a little bit more work there, but I'll be keeping an eye on that pass rush there against a Bills offensive line, let's be honest. It's uh, not the greatest. Yeah, I'm not really worried about the pass rush because I think this is a game where the Buffalo Bills try and run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. I don't think they're trying to expose their young quarterback to that pass rush. When they do throw, it was, they would try and set it up where it's opportune times, maybe some play-action passes on first down, some RPOs, some things that allow Josh Allen to have the ability to run and make plays on the perimeter. It's all about how this offense is going to look with Josh Allen. If I'm a betting man, if I'm a guy that's in fantasy football, I'm picking up LaShawn McCoy because I don't know how many yards he's going to get, but he's definitely going to get enough touches to impact my bottom line. It's all about the Bills' offense and how they perform under Josh Allen in his debut. Vikings at Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. This could be the game of the week here. Divisional matchup, Vikings-Packers, both coming off big wins. Packers, that big come-from-behind win over the Bears. Vikings beating a pretty good San Francisco team at home. Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, that's kind of the headliner, but for me – how about the most underrated signing in the offseason, the most underrated acquisition? Sheldon Richardson gets lost in the shuffle. So Adding lost. him to that group that they have up front, he was outstanding against the 49ers last week, Buck. So when you have Hunter coming off one side, Everson Griffin, you've got Linval Joseph, don't forget about Sheldon Richardson. What That was a heck of a move for the Vikings. Heck of a move. It's underrated. Chris Spielman, I mean, Rick Spielman has done a great job of stockpiling talent on both sides of the ball, but that defense is at a high level. And it's interesting, A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers talking about playing in this game against a defense that really has the ability to heat you up in a variety of ways. We've talked about Hunter and Griffin being able to come off the edge. You alluded to Sheldon Richardson in the middle. But I actually think the injury is going to make the Packers' offense more dangerous than it was before because now Aaron Rodgers has to play on schedule. Being at that game, watching him in the second half against the Bears, the ball came out quicker. It was on time. They started making plays, stretching the field horizontally, then vertically. Even though you got a wounded animal in Aaron Rodgers, I'm willing to bet on the Packers showing up because I think this offense is going to be the quick rhythm offense that has really made us fall in love with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Browns at Saints, 1 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. All right, here's a prediction for you, Buck, in this Browns-Saints game. And you know how predictions are. They're all, all they do is go go wrong. Come on. But this is, this is how when I look at my little crystal ball, this is what I see in this game. I see a Saints team coming off an embarrassing loss where they got tore up by the Bucks. a Saints team that's at home, a Saints team that wants to get right and is going to get right. They're going to put up a ton of points early in this game, which i got to talk about the Browns. So this is going to be the first time we see Baker Mayfield on an NFL field. It's only week two. All the talk about the commitment to Tyrod Taylor. The Saints, the Saints are going to get out to a big lead with this offense. It's going to, the score is going to get lopsided. And somewhere, whoa, I don't know, maybe it's in whoa, that third quarter. Whoa. Somewhere in that third quarter, they're going to say, you know, we got a little car in the garage. Let's take it for a spin. And we're going to see Baker Mayfield there in the third quarter. The score is going to get lopsided. It's going to get lopsided, What are you Buck? talking about? The Browns technically that, played very, very well against Drew Brees. They are one of the best teams when it comes to defending Brees. I, let's see I, what I, happens I, inside I the dome. Believe, I cannot believe you're just dismissing <laughs> what 
the Browns are going to be able to I want to, to say, do. hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. One second. Now, I'm just – it's all the wheels are spinning right now. Uh-huh. Greg Williams, if I'm not mistaken, Greg Williams with the Rams with the, very good defensive personnel winning against Drew Brees. And I want to say the Saints might have put half a hundred on Yeah, th- they did, that but that time. was the Rams. That was the Rams, and not I, the Browns. And, and Sean Payton and Greg Williams, good buddies? Are they are they close, good friends? They won a Super Bowl together. They won a Super Bowl. They won a, they won a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl together. I mean, I feel like Greg Williams probably feels like he was unfairly wrong. Buck, Buck, look, I'm gonna give you. Just look at me now and just see if you can. I'll hey. play charades. You ready? This is charades. You ready? <laughs> you gonna drive it up? Drive up the score? You gonna run up the score? Run up the score? Buck. Oh no! Run up the so score. here, here's what I got. The trusty research department um, gave me some intel on Drew Brees versus the Browns. He only completes 62% of his passes. That's 20. Where are those games? Career. Where are those games? It doesn't matter where those games are at. Those games are everywhere. He has an average yards per game of under 200. Six touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a passer rating of 73.3. If we were picking games, if we were picking games, I might be the lone wolf on this one. The Browns may knock off the Saints. That's two hot takes right there. Two hot takes. Now, hey, Buck, quick question. What? I, I, I watch what? high school football. I watch college football. I watch NFL football. I can't right. remember. They don't have a running clock in the NFL, right? That's nah, just a high school thing. It's not right? going to happen. Like, okay. look, did you see the Saints play last week? The Saints, the Saints uh, were, Drew Brees at one point in time was 30 for 36 for 300-plus yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Yes, I did see them play. Offense yeah. was not a problem. But they were, they, were getting, they were getting worked by the Bucks. For Mike now. Evans, Mike Evans ain't and walking the, through that door. Mike Evans isn't walking through that door, but the Bucks defense is come on. The Browns have a much better defense, and your guy, your guy, Miles Garrett. You Miles talked about Garrett. him being defensive player gonna be, of the year. He's going to be the defensive player of the year. I'm and you love you. the young quarter. I just don't understand happens. how you dismiss him because here's hey, what hey, the problem hey. is: we have a cafe on campus, Pucks Little Pucks Cafe. There, yeah. Um, lunch is on. If Baker Mayfield does not play in this game, lunch is on me. Is he, is he just going to be in victory formation, or are we talking about him playing significantly? I, I was hoping like you could leave me that little out there because if he does have to come in in victory formation and it goes the other way, I still win the bet. <laughs> I don't know because here's where I'm worried about with, with your Saints because they're your Saints now. Your Saints. <laughs> I don't know who's that playing defense. Who that playing defense? Their defense went to poop last week. Cam like Jordan, the defense, Cam Jordan's coming. We had everybody. Marcus Davenport. Oh, my gosh. The defense. I don't know if the defense. Rookie, the rookie left tackle. I don't know about the defense. I'm worried about Dennis Allen and the defense. Was it a mirage last year? Did we get excited about the Saints defense prematurely? I saw Marshawn Lattimore have a tough time. I saw some of their other guys have a tough time. Maybe, just maybe, Tyrod or Baker Mayfield find Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry. They have some success. I don't oh know. We're so we're so hung up on this game. But the, all I all I ask is, in, if you don't, if you lose the bet, if you don't want to buy me, do lunch, I get the points? If you could, you could do also I get the points. Out, no, I believe you could also say well, I can, I, it's not an Peter alumni Cetera. game. Can I get the Peter, points? You remember Peter Cetera? I think it was with Chicago, right? It's it's hard for me to say I'm sorry. If you want to sing that song on the pod next week, oh, I will I'm take not, that. In I'm, not, payment I'm definitely for the not lunch. singing because I am with the dog pound <laughs> on this one with the points. How many points to get? What we get? Seven? Is it seven I'm point just saying, spread? No, no, no. All I'm saying seven is Baker Mayfield's spread. playing. I just said Baker Mayfield's playing. Maybe yeah. Baker Mayfield leads him to an epic comeback and end up winning the game. I'm saying uh, Baker Mayfield. We're going to see him this week. That's oh, what I'm saying. Okay. Lions at 49ers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. 
Yeah, I mean, look, we spent so much time on Brown Saints. I don't know how much time we're going to spend on Lions 49ers. I'll, I'll start with the Lions here. Just How about just a pulse? Can we see a pulse? Just a little enthusiasm here for this team uh, going on the road to take on the 49ers. They were flat as flat can be in a home opener, which was odd. Odd to see. There you go. We got oh, a little oh, yep. oh, oh, pulse. Oh, There it is. Bring him back. Sully's got so many tricks up his sleeve. So I, I just want to see what kind of energy this team plays. That sounds generic. Uh-oh. That's not good. Uh-oh. That doesn't look good. Can they show some energy, especially when you get on the defensive side of the ball? Can they get that thing rolling? Play with a little passion, man. That's all I'm looking for out of these Lions. That's all you want? A little passion? A little passion to get them going? That's it. I mean, I, I, look, here's the big thing in this game. I believe that you got to see if they have a pulse. And then I want to see which Jimmy G is going to show up. I know everyone was excited about Jimmy G in the offseason, signed that big deal. Everyone was ready to anoint him. But of late, man, he turns the ball over a lot. He has turned it over in every game. Eight for eight, eight, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. I don't know which Jimmy G is going to show up. And without Marquise Goodwin, can he find a way to make plays? Come on, Jimmy G. Big paycheck. Wait, hey, big hey hold up. Hold up. Wait, wait a second. One second. What, what's that? I just found out the Lions are actually going to – they're actually going to – they're going to bring their running backs to this team. So who knows? They might even <laughs> – They tried they to establish the run. They might even use them. They, they, to establish, use them. they tried to establish know. the run previously. It just – it was just a fail. <laughs> Cardinals at Rams, 4.05 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Uh, this Cardinals team did not look good, and we've talked about rookie quarterbacks. Who knows? Maybe we see one in this game if things get off the rails a little bit early. How long before we see Josh Rosen? That's something to keep an eye on here against the Rams. This one has – this is you know possibility. This one getting a little out of hand. If it does get out of hand, you maybe we so? do see – It could. Maybe we see Josh Rosen there, but I, I want to look at David Johnson. Didn't really, uh, didn't really get him cranked up. That's got to be a priority in this game. You know the Rams are going to get Todd Gurley loose. Can David Johnson get on track? That's what I'm looking for. Well, you know he wasn't going to get on track. He didn't sign his contract till late. How excited would you be? You celebrating? It's hard to get on track when you've been celebrating all night. You got the big deal. <laughs> I think this will be a better performance for him because you get a chance to see him. For the Rams, I want to continue to see how Sean McVay throws out all kinds of tricks, bells and whistles with this offense that's high-powered. We saw him get Todd Gurley going to really steady the offense, but he also saw the receivers go, Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. I just want to continue to see the evolution of this offense to help elevate the play of Jerry Goff at quarterback position. Patriots at Jaguars, 425 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Now, this is going to be a tough matchup on the road against the Jags for the Patriots. I just always feel like every year, it's uh, last year, shoot, it was the opener against Kansas City, but it seems like every year, one of these early games, the Patriots kind of have, they have an egg. They're going to lay an egg at some point in time. I think this could be the week going up against this Jags defense that can get after you. So uh, this is going to be a challenge. When you don't have Edelman here, one thing about Edelman, he uncovers quickly. You've got to uncover quickly against the pass rush you're going to see from the Jags. I think his absence is is a big deal there. Uh, so can the Patriots, can they establish a little bit of the run? Maybe spread you out and run the ball a little bit. But they've got to establish the run, some screen game, some quick game. That's going to be huge for the Patriots. I don't think you're going to see a lot of shots down the field, Buck. I don't think they have time. No, I don't think you're going to have enough time. But, look, we know when in these games Tom Brady is going to cut the Jaguars with a bunch of paper cuts, a lot of quick rhythm passes, a lot of screen passes, and then eventually they'll find a way to create a mismatch. I don't know where that mismatch could be, but I typically spot 
the mismatch in the running back position. Look for them to try and find a way to get Rex Burkhead and James White off. For me, Jaguars, I'm looking to see what Blake Bortles does. How much trust does the coaching staff have in Blake Bortles now? They didn't necessarily win the championship game because they didn't trust Blake Bortles enough to make plays when plays were there to be made, particularly at the end of the first half. Let's see if Nathaniel Hackett and Doug Marone trust them a little more to make some plays because they jump out on the Patriots going into the second half. I think the defense is good enough to close the door, but they got to keep their foot on the gas. Let's see if they do it with Blake Bortles. Raiders at Broncos, 425 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Well, I think the, the obvious thing is you want to see what this Raiders team looks like once they get off the script. When they were on the script, they, that offense looked pretty dynamic, Buck. Look, so look, look great. A little different deal once they got outside those first 15 plays. Now, Derek Carr's got a lot of grief, come under a lot of criticism for some you know, somewhat skittish play there in the pocket. So how's he going to respond? How's he going to play? And I keep going back to, to, to John Gruden saying that, hey, we're going to take football back. We're going to get in the time machine and be a physical, mashing football team. Well, I know the score started to get away from him late, but you threw the ball 40 times and ran it 23 times. I'll look for them to try and flip that uh, ratio a little bit, try and ground it out, see if they can't get that running game cranked up. Yeah, they got to get it cranked up. they got to make sure they're able to run the ball because the big explosive plays come off play action. They have to be able to do it. For the Broncos, man, we saw Von Miller have an epic showing. I don't know if anyone really looked and saw what Von Miller did, but he was sensational. I believe that opens the door for Bradley Chubb to have a big game this week. All the attention, all of the pass protection will be slid in Von Miller's direction. Look for Bradley Chubb to make his name known, his presence felt on the Broncos. I like this defense. I like this defense, particularly against the Raiders team that kind of lost their way in the second half. Hey, Buck, if I whisper something to you, nobody else will hear it, right? Right, nobody here. Just you and I. Okay, I'm just going to whisper it real quick. We might have Vaughn Miller on the podcast next week. Oh, oh, that could be a good one. That could be fun. Yeah, but no, you didn't hear anything. You didn't hear that from me. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear that. Oh, sit on hot. Giants at Cowboys, 8.20 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. Well, all eyes again to me. Saquon Barkley. Odell Beckham, who's going to be the highlight? We always see these Giants-Cowboys games. We always end up with some crazy highlight. Odell Beckham, his famous one-handed catch took place in this game. Are we going to see that moment for Saquon Barkley? That's something to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I want to see this Giants defense as well. I mean, this Cowboys offense, this run game, could not get going last week against the Carolina Panthers. I have, I have a little bit of concern there with this Giants front seven. It's a good group. It's not as good as the Carolina Panthers group. And you know the Cowboys are going to come out and try and smash them right in the mouth. So how does that front <laughs> seven hold up? Yeah, they are definitely going to try and smash them right in the chops. Let's see how they hold up. Uh, for the Cowboys, it's about this offense trying to find an identity and really establishing Zeke Elliott. We've seen it. They don't have enough weapons on the outside to kind of line up and try and throw it all over the yard. They have to be able to run the ball first to really set Dak Prescott to be able to throw off play action. Let's see if they can establish Zeke Elliott. If Zeke Elliott doesn't go over the 100-yard mark, I think it's tough for the Cowboys to win. Keep an eye on the rushing totals for Zeke Elliott. That is the key to this game. Monday, Seahawks at Bears, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Russell Wilson versus the pass rush. I'll keep it real simple there. When you've got Matt coming off the edge, not only being able to elude the rush, but be able to hold on to the football if, if he does get home. Taking a sack is not the worst thing in the world, but maintain possession. Uh, that's going to be the challenge here against a very good Bears front seven at home. That place is going to be rocking. Uh, to me, turnovers are a big deal. And, and Russell, even when just being in the pocket, sack's okay. Just maintain possession. Yeah, he has to maintain possession. They got knocked around a little bit at the line of scrimmage. 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they hold up. For me, looking at the Bears, is how much can Matt Nagy trust his quarterback to go make plays? The first script, Mitch Trubisky looked good, but then in the later stages of the game, they couldn't trust the quarterback to make plays. What has Matt Nagy learned from his young quarterback during the first week that will help him play better in the second half? The second week, it's all on number 10 for the Chicago Bears because that defense is pretty good. All right, there you go. Whip, whip through every single game. So once again, a little nugget there for you on each team. Buck, we are, uh, we're getting a little bit crunched for time with the studio right now, so we've got to crank through our college picks. But are you ready to roll? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. All right. Oh, yeah, give me the music. Nice. All right, first game, two-pointer. LSU at Auburn, Buck. We've got uh, Kent going with Auburn. Sully going with Auburn. What do you like? Oh, I'm taking LSU. I like the Tigers. I think the Tigers are for real. I'm going with LSU as well. Quarterback play. Got some quarterback play. You know Auburn's got a big-time quarterback. LSU doesn't need big-time quarterbacks. It needs solid play. I think they get it. So this is me and Bucky going up against Sully and Kent, which usually doesn't end well for us, Buck. Maybe we flip it around this week. Uh, we can flip it around. I think it's going to be pretty good for us this week, though. All right, Ohio State at TCU. Urban Meyer's last game not coaching, even though he's coaching during the week. That's a weird situation, weird setup there. Uh, Kent, Ohio State. Sully, Ohio State. Uh, no mystery here. I'm going Ohio State. Who do you like, Buck? Well, I got Ohio State. I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be a guy that we talk about for a long time. Uh, TCU might hit, might hit him in the mouth a little bit early. I think that Ohio State defense, though, will generate some turnovers. That front is is filthy. And then once you get a short field, Haskins gets rolling, and, uh, and then Ohio State ends up rolling on from there. Uh, USC, Texas. Sully going USC. Kent going Texas. Who do you like, Buck? I'm going with USC. I have faith in USC for whatever reason. I just believe they're figured out. You didn't watch um, last week. If you nah, got any no. faith in I them. Got, I got faith in them. I'm going, I'm, going with, I'm going with the Trojans. Fight on. Yeah, look. Yeah, well, we'll see here. I, I'm going to go with Texas, and the reason I'm going with Texas, Todd Orlando, that exotic defense that he deploys is going to be up against the quarterback in just his third start in JT Daniels. I thought he got a little bit rattled against Stanford. It's going to get a lot more complex and complicated against Texas. If USC cannot get the run game going and take pressure off their quarterback, they're in trouble in this one. I like Texas. Let's go Alabama at Ole Miss. If we had a time machine, this would be a great game. Uh, even though Ole Miss can put the ball up in the air, Buck, their defense that worries me in a big way. Kent's going Alabama. Sully's going Alabama. Why do we keep doing these Alabama games? We always all take Alabama. Yeah, I'm going to take Alabama. I'm not going to go out. I'm trying to stay true to myself. I'm going to go at Alabama. Um, I, I think they find a way to get it done. All right, here we go. Can we, can we make a, a suggestion? Kent, we love you. You put these games together for us every week. Just give us wait till we get Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, LSU. Outside of that, I don't want Alabama in the picks anymore because we always just all take Alabama. It's no fun. Not so, a lot of fun. can you please, please? I'll talk to him. Yeah, for right, sure. Let's go. We appreciate you, Kent. We love you. You do a great job with this, but no more Alabama games. It's no fun. Uh, let's go, Boise State, Oklahoma State. Sneaky big game of the week here. Sully is going with Boise State. Kent going with Boise State. Who do you like, Buck? Oh, I'm going with the Cowboys. Oklahoma State. Guns are up. Oh, fighting Gundies, huh? Come on. Come on, this oh, is I'm it. Gonna go with Boise. I'm going Boise State. Why? I, I, like their, I like their quarterback. I like Ripping. He's a good player. And they've got some dudes back on defense. Kind of looking like the Boise of, 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 of old years here, four or five years ago. I like this Boise State team. I think they're very talented. And going on the road, eh, no big deal. No uh, big Washington deal. at Utah. Now, that's, that's going to be a physical contest. Let's see who we got. Sully's got Washington. Kent's got Washington. Who do you like, buddy? I got Washington. Why? <laughs> because they have better coaching, better team. Ooh, see, I'm a Kyle Whittingham guy. I love Coach Pete. I think both those coaches are great. Uh, give me the wolf. Give me the wolf here. <laughs> Colleen, you want Colleen to come out? 
Oh my gosh, you going with Utah? I'm going with Utah. Oh. Utah pulls one of these off every year. They beat USC at home. They're in games with when Oregon used to be good. UW I think they beat Oregon SC. at home. Now, Kyle Whittingham is going to have them ready to go. It's going to be a street fight. I like Utah playing real physical. Got a, some experience. Both teams have experience at quarterback, but I'll go with the home team. A little upset here, Utah, lone wolf in it. Uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State. We know how that ended last year. Does it happen again? Sully says no. Kent says no. I say no. What do you say, Buck? <sighs> I say no. Oklahoma. Yeah. Kyler Murray. It's over. Kyler Murray. Is Kyler Murray going to win the Heisman? By he the way, sh- sneaky, how many, how many Oklahoma quarterbacks win the Heisman Trophy? People I don't know. Think about them. How about that? Like, isn't that crazy? How many have won? Jason White? I know. Jeez. How about that? Um, all right, let's go BYU at Wisconsin. We're all going Wisconsin, right? I mean, I have BYU, I admire them. Hey, BYU played tough. They played tough the other day. They're tough. I watched them play against Arizona. They kind of hit them in the face a little bit. Cal got with up Arizona. Houston breaks off Arizona. That's not BYU from last year. I I think they they showed that so far. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. Wisconsin. I got Wisconsin. I got Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. You're going to play – you want to get in a a fight with the offensive line, defensive line, and I I admire BYU's toughness. They're not going to be able to win that one. I'll go Wisconsin, ground and pound. Arizona State at San Diego State. Last year, San Diego State goes on the road and wins at Arizona State, but there was no Herm Edwards there for that one. He's in town now, undefeated ASU, number 23 in the nation, goes to take on San Diego State. Kent going with Arizona State. Sully going with Arizona State. Who do you like, Buck? Forks up, forks up. Here we go, Sparky. Going with the Sun Devils. Battle of 3-3-5 defenses right there. That's what I was saying. That's why I'm going with Arizona State because they have a familiarity. It's tough to play that San Diego State 3-3-5 that Rocky Long uh, built and developed all those years ago at New Mexico. But Arizona State, Herm Edwards was smart, went out and hired his defensive coordinator to run the Arizona State defense. They see this defense every day in practice. It won't Not be as big, big of an adjustment there. Not so I like Arizona State. They just, they're going to have better players going on the road. Uh, it would be a good game, but I'm going to go with Arizona State. Last game here, Florida State at Syracuse. Kent going with Syracuse. Sully going with Syracuse. Are you serious? Wow. Dungy. Get out of wow. here. Believer in Dungy. Man. FSU tried to lose to Sanford last. Did Sanford. It? We're talking about Sanford, not Stanford. Sanford, Birmingham. Uh, good school. Don't pre- play. Don't play some. Don't I'll play good this. football. But, <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I don't have a dun- no. Dungy. You know, Dungy you know, broke the you know school record week one. He could ground and pound on the ground, I'm and then on my turnover. Put on backpack. a few touchdowns. Turnover I'm putting turnover back. I'm putting yes. on my turnover backpack. <laughs> yes. Because as they say down in Florida State, they're securing the bag. Florida State is going to secure the bag. They're going up to Syracuse, and they're going to put a whooping on the Cues. So here's my – I'm going to go with Florida State as well, but I just want to give you my one thought here. Our buddy John Gordon is all about positivity. Um, He's written The Energy Bus, all these great books that we love. He's been a guest on the podcast and all about positive – but there's two ways to motivate, Buck, right? You know, they always say you better you always say it's the carrot or the stick. Yep. So the 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 turnover backpack, the turnover chain, the turnover robe, all this stuff, those are all carrots. Turnover Who's track. Who's gonna be the innovator that comes with the stick and give you like you you're a quarterback and you throw an interception, you gotta wear the Barbie backpack. Okay? <laughs> We're giving you the turnover backpack. We're gonna shame people into playing well. Oh, I'm waiting for it. When's the fear based motivation gonna come back no, into football? No, no, we can't do that. We're beyond that. Oh, I mean, you're, you're, a, you're a running back. You fumble the ball. you got to carry around a tub of butter on the sideline. You know? <laughs> a tub I mean, like, of butter. <laughs> we're we're going to go. We're flipping the script here. A little negative motivation. I don't think fear. I would want to play for you, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm just saying. That's, I'm just waiting for it to happen. Maybe it has to happen at a lower level. Okay, let's shame. Let's shame some guys. Now I'm just. I'm just obviously kidding. Don't listen to that. Don't take that seriously. Uh, and that was a fun episode, Buck. A lot of NFL. Good guests there. And Jordan Palmer uh, got our college picks in. Looking forward to heading out to Buffalo to see this uh, Chargers Buffalo game. See a little Josh Allen this weekend. I'll be able to come back and report on that next week. What do you got planned for the weekend, Buck? Man, just looking at more games, more games, more games, more games. All right. Well, there you go. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for downloading, subscribing. Uh, Thanks for leaving us a a little ranking or review there on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to check out all of our videos. We've got preview videos of these games up on YouTube.com slash NFL. You can find it there or NFL.com slash MTS video. We got you covered with all your needs there. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you guys for checking us out. We'll be back next week. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.